0: These are days of tough times and ongoing uncertainties, but in Spring Branch, we're taking tangible steps to help our local businesses by telling neighbors about PPP loans, linking them to online courses, and help from our top leaders. Spring Branch is working for businesses. Yours, find out more at sbmd.org.
1: Hey everyone, happy new year. Last year around this time, we started a new tradition here at Looped In called the Loopy Awards. With some inspiration from the wonderful Swamp Lot website and their Swampy Awards, We launched the Loopies and had listeners vote on categories like trendiest development trend, best remake, and best or worst real estate buzzword. Well, we're doing it again, and we'd be grateful, listeners, if you would cast your vote in the second annual Loopy Awards. I've posted a link to the ballot on my Twitter and Facebook page, where you can find me at at nsarnoff. It'll only take a minute or two of your time, and it's fun. We'll tally the votes and reveal the winners on an upcoming episode of Looped In later this month. As always, thanks for listening and enjoy today's show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast, all about real estate the dirt, the deals, the people, the places. It's all here. I'm Nancy Sarnoff, real estate reporter with the Houston Chronicle. And we've been absent the past couple of weeks, so sorry about that, listeners. We have been bombarded by the holidays. holidays. Yeah, the holidays, big stories. Anyway, we are back, and um, the voice you just heard was uh, Rebecca Schutz, who is co-hosting today's episode with me. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. It's your second time on. Yeah you're like a seasoned pro. (laughs) (laughs) So Rebecca and I worked on a story together not too long ago about a topic that I have been reading about for a long time and hearing about. And the topic is
2: iBuyers. Rebecca, what's an iBuyer? So an iBuyer, if you're ready to sell your home, Instead of listing your home, you can go directly to an iBuyer. Most of them have a website. You fill in a little form about statistics about your house, and if it meets some of the criteria they're looking for, they'll make an offer directly, and you don't have to list your home. You can just sell it to one of these companies who will um, come in, prepare it for listing themselves, and then they sell it. So they'll buy it on your timeline. It's a lot more convenient and sort of guaranteed. It takes gives people ease of mind.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's and and we interviewed a guy named Bill Schaefer and he had heard about these iBuyers. He was pretty savvy about the real estate market in his neighborhood. He he lived in, in League City and he was about to list his house and he got on the computer and was like, you know what? I I think I'm gonna check one of these iBuyer services and you know, I mean it doesn't cost anything. It doesn't you know, there's no there's no harm in, in trying. He got on there and put a bunch of details about his house on the on the site and answered all their questions. And he was expecting, based on kind of what he knew about the neighborhood, what houses were selling for, that his could probably sell for between two hundred and fifty and two hundred and sixty thousand dollars. And within twenty-four hours he had an offer for two hundred and fifty-six thousand and four hundred dollars. So right smack dab. In the middle, he ended up signing up for the service. And I think they've sold their house and, and moved on. So it's it's pretty interesting new business model that eliminates the need to show your house. It eliminates the need to negotiate price on repairs. There aren't the inspections and just kind of the um all of you know all of the time and and sometimes headaches that that go into selling a house in a minute we are going to call a guy named Darren Bloomquist who is a researcher and analyst with a company called Adam Data Solutions Rebecca you've worked with Adam a bit so they've been tracking these companies for a long time let's give Darren a call and see if he can sort some of this out for us. All right.
0: Hi, this is Darren.
1: Hi, Darren. It's Nancy Sarnoff and Rebecca Schutz with the Houston Chronicle and the Looped In Podcast.
0: Hi, guys.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: Uh, Pretty good. (laughs) I was hoping I was picking up, I didn't recognize the name on the the phone, so (laughs) I was hoping it was, I was hoping it was you and it was.
1: Good. (laughs) Okay. So we today are talking about I buyers slash disruptors the you know the latest um, new real estate business model
0: you know it is in my in my mind it's a it's a little bit of a twist on a model that's been around for a while but certainly updated uh, with a Silicon Valley flair to it.
1: <laughs> what what do you mean by a twist on a model that's been around for a while? Do you just mean like the kind of investor model? Like mom and pop shop, you know, opening up, deciding to invest in real estate, so they buy homes to flip.
0: Yeah, yeah, to a certain extent, and and these eye buyers definitely would not would bristle at being called flippers, and I don't think they certainly are traditional home flippers, mm-hmm. even though they are buying homes and selling them within a short period of time as a flipper does. But the the underlying model is is much different. But in terms of yeah, it's it's a twist on. The real estate investor model of proactively going to what real estate investors would call off-market properties—properties properties that aren't people have not decided, at least they have not listed yet. They haven't decided to list, or at least they haven't made that the plunge and taken the plunge and uh, listed their property in most cases. Mm-hmm. And so, that marketing model of, of of getting the homeowner to raise their hand. Um, early on and uh, getting to that inventory before it's listed on the market um, the the classic I guess investor marketing way of doing that old school investor marketing way of doing that was the signs that you see when you get off the exit ramp on on the freeway and that say a lot of times that are handwritten that say we buy ugly houses
1: yeah uh, and now cash. they're now they're preprinted to look handwritten
0: yeah that's right <laughs> yeah it it it's it is there is an art and science to that uh to make it look <laughs> uh, make it look a certain way so that it appeals to to that particular type of buyer uh-huh. and so that's yeah I see similarities there it's definitely not the same model, but the similarities are a, a appealing to that homeowner's um desire to sell without a lot of hassle, yeah and, uh, the convenience. Um, and, and I think that they've taken that and taken it to a whole new level very, and uh, so far pretty successfully, at least in terms of the, the growth that we've seen in their transactions.
1: Yeah. So how many of these companies are you guys tracking and how much of the market are they, are they taking if, if it's, I don't know if maybe if it's too soon to say that, but, um, what, have you guys found, um, as you've researched
2: these companies? Yeah,
0: Yeah, we, uh, and it's difficult because they're not, they're not nationwide. So they're operating in a growing number of markets, but Phoenix was the, the first market they operated in. And so I can talk about that a little bit. Um, that's kind of the most fully mature market, Mm -hmm. but overall we're in our data, we've tracked, um, Latest analysis, we tracked four of the the iBuyers, uh, Open Door, OfferPad, Knock Homes, and then Signpost Homes, which is operated by Zillow. Mm-hmm. Those are the four that we've looked at, and when we look at transactions um, over the years, the first transactions we saw under those entities was there were three in 2012, eleven in 2013, sixteen in 2014. Then it jumped to 485 in 2015, and then it wow. jumped into the thousands. And so far this year, and this is not even through the whole year, we've seen almost 11,000 purchases. That's not including sales, purchases by those four um, high buyers combined. And and just to be transparent about our methodology, I mean, we're looking for the names of these entities we may not be capturing even all of their transactions if they're purchasing under entity names that we don't recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at, a, at about 11,000 nationwide, and of course that's not in every market, but in certain markets, if if we look at Phoenix, um, which is, again, I think most of them are operating in that market, of those 10,000, about thirty six, or almost 11,000, almost 3,600 of those were in the Phoenix market. And it's hovering right around uh, for Phoenix about five percent of the market, five um, to seven percent of the market uh, of, of purchases are yeah. are going to these eye buyers.
1: That's huge, it seems.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah, they've definitely gained some <laughs> some decent market share in Phoenix in a very short period of time.
1: Do you have any stats on Houston?
0: Sure. Yeah, Houston. Um, It's it's a newer market, and we found, actually, so far there was no purchases previous to this year. Okay. But so far this year, we're seeing 33 purchases, um, and it looks like it's all this broken down by buyer. It looks like it's all open door. Okay. um, That we're seeing the purchases, and this is this data was pulled at the end of October. So, there it's this market is moving quickly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And so there's. It's not unlikely that there's been more transactions since then but yeah open door is of those four is the only one we've found any purchases by in the Houston metro area but 33 and and I'm guessing that's I wouldn't be surprised if that had doubled by now.
2: Open door has an app because hmm. it's a startup mm-hmm. and on their app <laughs> you can um, go look at their homes that they have for sale in Houston and you can unlock it with the app. And I'm just pulling it up right now, and it says they have 57 homes for sale in Houston, which I would assume they've bought at least, you know, at least that number. Yeah. So uh, sounds like what you're saying with it reaching maybe 60. Sounds right. On target. Rebecca and I need to go out,
1: I think, to one of these homes and pull out her app and unlock the door and go in and tour it. Have you done that yet, Darren?
0: I have not. No, that's something. (laughs) They're not in – they're not in – any of the markets or the markets around here where I live in Southern California. Um, So, but next time I visit one of the markets, I need to try that out.
1: We interviewed a guy who, who used it quite successfully and he was, um, he was pretty savvy. I was, we were talking about this earlier. He was pretty savvy about home prices and sales and comps in his neighborhood and open door came in right pretty much, you know, exactly what he was expecting. And so the one thing that I guess is is still to be seen, and I'm sure you're hearing a lot about this or hearing this this question, but is this sort of too good to be true? And once these invest, sorry, that was a slip, once these companies, you know, they've got 50 houses in Houston now, once they, you know, once they build up that inventory, what? will, will they really be able to sell them enough to make a profit? And, and it's, you know, they're, they're subject to economic cycles and, and -hmm. the whims of buyers. So what is your, what is your take on that kind of looking into the future?
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the market that we've been in the last five years is, is very favorable for this type of business model. Mm -hmm. You have, it's a seller's market. Um, and, which allows them to give good, you know, offers that look good, you know, because the because they they know they can they can turn around and sell these very quickly, and even if they didn't do anything to improve the property, they could probably sell it at a higher price point because of just the rise in in prices over a six month or a twelve month period. So yeah, I do think it, it's a big question for me. Um, how this model will adjust Mm -hmm. to a market that is uh, maybe shifting and and the market does appear to be shifting more to a a buyer's market it's or at least a balanced market. Mm -hmm. And so I think you'd expect to see the offers given on the front end to be maybe not quite so sweet. Um, And, and the, uh, these eye buyers may have to uh, to acknowledge that they it's going to be tougher on on the, the back end to sell the homes as well, and uh, and certainly of course if you see a market where home prices are declining then it becomes okay that's that's a whole nother challenge for for these eye buyers because they don't have that cushion of um, the market rising to to pad their pad their numbers. And it, it, you know, some of the ones I've talked to will say, you know, we're the money is uh, the, we're making our money off of the the transactions, similar to a realtor model, um, or the transaction fees that we charge, mm-hmm. as opposed to the rise the, the the delta between what we buy it for and what we sell it for. And if that's true, then the model is more solid for surviving um, in in a market that. Is slowing down, but it's, I think it's a real. Uh, it's kind of been an easy market for these these folk, these companies to operate in up until now, uh, and I think we'll see the true true test <laughs> will come as the market shifts more mm-hmm. toward a a buyer's market.
2: That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, that is interesting, and I think that's one thing I failed to mention that they they're buying these homes directly from people, but they're charging fees for them and sometimes in excess of 6% which is the traditional the traditional traditional fee associated with buying and selling a house with with realtors so that that is you know maybe maybe they are able to to make up the difference at least in that way but yeah it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch especially now that mortgage rates are higher and and everything's local, so looking at Houston, we've seen oil prices decline a bit, and you know just that always has an impact on the market. So
0: now I do think um, a good potential strategy for for these I buyers would, depending on how far the market swings or in a, in a given market, local market um, is. Uh, is uh, holding on to the properties as rentals. Um, if that, if the rental mm-hmm. market is much, if, and that's you know that's what a traditional investor would do too. If they, mm-hmm. if they're flipping homes and the market turns, their plan B uh, would be to to keep those properties as rentals and at least have income produced by those homes. But of course, that means. You got your money tied up, <laughs> in, uh, more of your money tied up in those properties. Mm-hmm. Um, but that could be a potential, uh, you know, option for these these companies. One of the things that we're seeing it's, is more of the sales when when these companies are selling the properties. We just did this analysis recently. Uh, a higher percentage, almost a ten percent of these properties are not selling to individuals, but going to what we'd call institutional buyers, the places companies like—I think you've <laughs> may be familiar with—in in in, um, in Houston, Cerberus Capital is one that mm-hmm. that buys up homes, as specifically as single-family rental properties. Mm-hmm. And so, hopefully, that makes sense. But these I buyers, a high, a growing percentage of the homes that they're selling are going to companies like that. And it's so far this year, it's up to about. One in ten of the homes that they're selling are going to institutional uh, buyers like that, and there's a lot of capital going toward that market because the rental market is pretty strong, and and so there is this desire for inventory on their part, and they're going they're turning to iBuyers buyers as a, a good source of that inventory. This particular housing market boom, combined with the availability of data and technology. Um, applied to the real estate market is producing, it's been a, a great um, uh, incubator for, for a lot of these uh, startups that are um, trying to disrupt the market. And it's really, I think most of it is getting toward that ineff- what's perceived as an inefficiency in, uh, in the transaction um, and how much sellers pay to To transact. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's super interesting. Thank you so much for explaining all of this to us and our listeners. And um, we'll, we'd love to call you back down the road and and uh, and chat more. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. Okay, it's been fun.
1: Great, Darren. Thanks so much. All Have right. a good day.
0: You too. Thank you.
1: Bye-bye.
2: Bye bye. Oh, that was super nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was pretty interesting. That I was.
1: So, wow, one out of 10 buyers are these institutional investors. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. And also just the numbers and kind of how quickly they're changing. Like he said, iBuyers had owned, what, 30, 35 properties in, in Houston since or as of October. Yeah. And you checked on your phone and you found 50-some Sales or 50 some houses Houses for sale. listed for sale. So, with you know, one company,
2: with one company, yeah, them. Uh, which I think brings us into there are more than just Open Door, right? Um, so Darren like touched on sort of like the prelude to iBuyers, which was we buy ugly homes, uh huh, yeah, and then Open Door came to the scene and they said we buy mid priced new beautiful homes, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, on a huge scale, yeah. And um, after Open Door, there are like a bunch of startups that started up with this model. This was the first wave of iBuyers. Yeah. And the second wave of iBuyers has come to Houston, which, is, which are these companies that did not originally start out as iBuyers. Mm. They started out as real estate companies that have recently adopted this as part of their services. One is a big name you have heard Well, they're all big names right zillow mm-hmm. has recently done this in houston and redfin is doing this in other places um and will probably come to houston yeah so i feel like that's the second wave of eye buyers True. i don't know if you want to talk about that at all
1: well i i mean i think it's just more of the same i guess they have a different a treasure trove of data. Exactly. Yeah. So they're like data companies, basically. Yeah. Zillow. They're listing companies and data companies. And um, and so maybe they have a unique, <laughs> or obviously they have a, a unique place that they're mm-hmm. coming from to be able to do this and to compete with some of these companies
2: yeah,
1: as well. And then I think you probably will mention next is these mm-hmm. the traditional real estate companies. Yeah. Um, the Coldwell bankers of the world that are launching their own buying
2: And Keller Williams, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. all these companies that bring different things to the table, you mm-hmm. know, Zillow can see which houses people are searching for. And yeah. then they can actually go out and buy it and sell it to them, which is crazy. It is crazy. Zillow can do it themselves. And these real estate companies, you know, just have another – I mean, they're a lot more local. They mm-hmm. actually do know the local market. Yeah, they know what something's worth, mm-hmm.
1: arguably better than – a big national company. Yeah. Although all these national companies say that they are employing local knowledge yeah. and
2: So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Well I feel like the next the next part of this, well first of all, I've been obsessed with this in my mind since you brought out your phone and looked up this app. <laughs> but I really think we should take looped in to one of these houses Ooh. and see how see if we can get in with our phone and tour it and see what it looks like. So um, yeah, I think, I think we should do that next. And then also, you know, bring in some, some agents to talk about how they feel about these iBuyers because, uh, you know, I've, I've talked to agents who think the model is fine as it is, doesn't need to change. They offer mm-hmm. really, uh, specific knowledge about neighborhoods and nothing can really take their place. And then, on the other hand, you know there are plenty of agents who believe that there's a there's room for these eye buyers, and that it's going to change, and the business model is going to change. And so, if they don't kind of adapt to that, then they might be left behind. So that'd be next a good next
2: topic, I think, or next. Yeah, I think there's going to be episode. lots more on this in the future. Yeah. You probably won't see this model disappear.
1: So. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for co-hosting with me today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And um, listeners, thanks for for being here. And stay tuned for part two, where we go to a house. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: exactly. And um, thank you again for listening. Uh, please subscribe to Looped In on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you have an idea for a show or just want to say hi, you can reach out. I am at N Sarnoff on Facebook and Twitter. R.A., what's what's your handle? I'm at R.A. Shoots. R.A. Shoots. S-C-H? U-E-T-Z. U-E-T-Z? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone.